On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Riverdale actually ended and if Jughead was responsible, what the actual top 10 craziest moments of Riverdale were, and is a secretary named Alex who we think he is on My Adventures with Superman? All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. What's up, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast that covers every live-action TV show based on a comic book. I will be your host tonight. My name is Ryan, and I have to be very careful because we are having our annual portrait painted. Um, A lot of people don't know this, but the studio is much like a medieval castle, and there are very large portraits of me, Mike, Caitlin, and Cassie painted everywhere. Uh, and so we have to stand very still and barely move our mouths for this. So, Caitlin, without barely moving, how are you doing? And what do you think of this artist so far? Um, it's so good, except for I don't particularly enjoy standing in the moat around the office with crocodiles swimming. I um, definitely feel like I'm going to get eaten. Now, this artist could have just put... Like, used his imagination to put alligators in the moat, but he demanded real alligators to be in that moat. Is that weird? Um, I think this is a personal attack, and um, it's it's not cool, um, but I am glad that I've been prepared by watching a lot of Animal Planet, and Steve Irwin has prepared me for today. Oh, yeah. No, Steve Irwin did a great job preparing himself, his own life, for uh, being in the wild. Mike, you uh, are have to stand in with one bare foot in a bear trap. Mm-hmm. Each barefoot is in a different bear trap. Each barefoot is in a different bear oh, trap. Oh, Mike, please. You're talking loud, and I'm so nervous about those traps going off. Oh, are, do bear traps have avalanche rules? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> so I do like that I do like that this artist uh, is doing his own odes to the Haunted Mansion pictures uh-huh. that will stretch. So if you hop in the pop filter elevators, in theory, you'll see us all smiling, and then it'll stretch out, and you'll see... Caitlin in a moat full of alligators, me with all my bare feet in bare traps. Uh, Ryan, you are just up to your neck in nitroglycerin uh, while smoking? Yeah. Uh, look, Daddy needs to burn a blunt, if you know what I mean. Uh, what I did is I put the little tip of my penis out right mm-hmm. when he was doing the small picture, and then when it mm-hmm. stretches out, it's going to look like I have the fucking longest wiener, and- guys. He is the reason he can't use his imagination. He he's an autodidact when it comes to painting, and so he just paints what he sees, no matter what. So he couldn't edit that little tip dick out. <laughs> and uh-huh. the reason Cassie's not here is how did she die, Ryan? <laughs> she in died from she died from too much paintbrush in the mouth. This guy wanted to get her mouth so correct that he filled her mouth with paintbrush. The real her. And she was so down with it too. I know. Yeah. And she kept apologizing, like, "I'm sorry, my mouth isn't big enough for all this paintbrush." Um, do you think this portrait will be will win the best portrait of us at the portrait competition? I don't think 
in the category of fine art of podcasters, I don't think anybody else has a candle to hold to what we're going to do. I know Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen have the guy that did Barack and Michelle Obama, but I think our guy is better. I am uncomfortable with no matter how we're all dying, we're still also in go-karts. Yeah. So I mm-hmm. wish he could have left his caricature roots behind. I think it's crazy that your feet are in bear traps that, and those bear traps are in go-karts that are driving go-karts. That seems mm-hmm. so dangerous for your feet. It's like roller skating. These crocodiles in go-karts, too? Wild. Yeah. and Crazy. Those crocodiles Kids. are about to bite your feet, Caitlin, but are also so adept at throwing red turtle shells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Talented. Uh, should we talk about the show tonight? I guess we should. Okay. Very quietly, I am going to mention, because I do not want to change my position or the trajectory of my tiny little penis uh riverdale is over guys we're going to talk about the finale of riverdale we're going to rank the top 10 riverdale moments we're going to talk about of all time of all time not just this season not just this episode but of all time uh we're going to talk about harley quinn my adventures with superman uh there's no walking dead episodes this week so that's always something to brag about uh but yeah i mean what else are we going to do first but get to riverdale On the series finale of Riverdale, old lady Betty Cooper asks her granddaughter to take her back to Riverdale, where she dropped the necklace in the ocean. Meanwhile, angel ghost demon fairy Jughead is going to take Betty back to the 1950s, but make her, you know, pretty again. Throughout the day, Betty and us get to say goodbye to each Riverdale character, along with finding out the answers to Betty's favorite question, so how did this dipshit die? (laughs) <laughs> in modern TV parlance, we call this the six feet under ending. Taste buds, it's time to say goodbye to a legend, possibly the most important show to this podcast in its history. But before we say goodbye, we need to complain about it one more time. What generically are we looking for in a series finale? And does this one deliver? I think there's no good way to end a show. It's just impossible. There's literally never been a good one. I think it's really good to and like at this is the point if we're gonna tug at heartstrings, do it in your goddamn last episode. You've earned everything after seven seasons. So to have old Betty become young Betty, be able to live one last day, you did it, Riverdale. Let's do it. What what that all worked for me and her being like, How did they die? How did they die? What happened to them? You've earned that. Would I think doesn't work, and this isn't this episode's fault, this is this last two seasons' fault. We're saying goodbye to not seven seasons worth of characters, two seasons worth of characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it just didn't hit because they kept rebooting. So there was not actually a lot of longevity, emotional heartstrings for me. It felt like when they were like, oh, I do love that Julian got a half sentence when everybody else got a scene. But he still sucked up airtime for a character that we don't care about and never really existed. Also, at the end, when Betty went to her pops in heaven... And she yeah. was hugging everybody. She went to Julian and she was like, no, never mind. And just yeah. hugged around. This guy's not in <laughs> hell? Uh, Caitlin, who are the characters that you're missing? Who did we not get here? Um, so I think the most effective part of this episode was like uh, when Archie did his little limericks for each person. <laughs> and it was like slightly a roast while also telling us what happened. Does Hold and on, I- Caitlin. Does... Does Caitlin sound like your mom, Mike, when you majored in poetry and your mom's like, oh, you're little limericks then. What cute little limericks. (laughs) Well, he's like a a poet. What is he now? Yeah, yeah, he's a poet. He's a beat poet, but also it feels like that's a phrase the writers heard. Are are we switching right to roasting? Uh, A phrase the writers heard and fucking have no idea because he did. Caitlin was not wrong. He wrote little limericks. He sucked. He's a bad poet. 
honestly, right now, I feel really good about myself because uh, that was a guess <laughs> that those were limericks. But um, but no, yeah, that was the most effective part for me. And they did bring up things that happened like in the other seasons that weren't just these past two seasons, mm-hmm. like the bear and everything like that. Um, so I'm glad they lightly touched on that. That was the most effective part for me because, yeah, we were too focused on this 1950s era that I really didn't. I don't know. Care I don't about? feel like it hit anyone. We well, like the th- crazy Riverdale back in the day. Caitlin, I agree. Why I think it worked uh, so well is it was not the characters remembering. You, I feel like you could see the actors mm-hmm. all laughing at the crazy shit they lived yeah. through for the last yeah. seven years in that scene. They, it, Archie would say some fucked up shit about bears and how Veronica at one point was a dialysis machine for all yes! of the city. <laughs> And then it would cut to the actors, and they were like, oh, my God, did we seriously fucking <laughs> This is my that? career. <laughs> because I, a real Cheryl would not have laughed about, remember how you petrified your other brother that you cared about in Maple Syrup? Oh, my God, did I do that? that? Oh, that's so weird of me. Oh, Roasted. No. <laughs> that I weakened at Bernie's, my brother. Also, Jason, her her twin brother is here, and I'm like, I don't give a shit about this guy. He's shitty anyways. Yeah. And then, like... It's like I don't care about saying goodbye to him. He can go fight in the war and not. Julian, Jason is the other shitty brother who died. Do you know how? Oh, okay. You know how you can tell Julian sucks, dude with red hair. Oh, (laughs) well, Jason had that too. Wait, Archie had that too. A lot of guys on this show have that too. Uh, Speaking of that, let's talk about some of the um, I don't know futures that Betty Mm -hmm. learns about. Uh, Mrs. Andrews is the first one that we learn about, and Mm -hmm. Archie goes to the West Coast. And disappears from Riverdale. And mm-hmm. Mrs. Andrews meets somebody. She uh, buys a dress shop and meets someone. And who is that person, guys? She, I don't know who it is, but she carols it up. She buys a dress shop and then gets gay. That is Carol. That's the movie Carol. Yeah. And uh, yes, so she's gay because on Riverdale, everybody is gay. And then my favorite, if I'm going to blow the whole who had the best future, that's Mrs. Cooper, who just became oh, yeah. a stewardess at... 50, 55 years old, mm-hmm. and then did a flight, did a Denzel Washington, I'm going to land this the, plane. The captain has like three pieces of steak and a few martinis and has a heart attack, so she has yes. to fly the plane. Which is Mike's <laughs> breakfast. Yeah, every goddamn day. And, and also you can't land a plane, so it makes sense. I could never land a plane. Also, why does she get such a good ending? Like, not only does she land the plane, then she gets a fucking sugar daddy and has like the best fucking life. This it's fucking like, racist... God. Terrible mom, stupid bitch has the, One best of the biggest ending. villains. Yes, Ugh. like I didn't understand why she got it. Like I get it with Kevin. Like you fucking you fucked him over this whole fucking show. Kevin deserved a good ending, but Alice Cooper. Uh, there's something even worse than uh, Mrs. Andrews. Clay, uh, Kevin's boyfriend, um, goes to Columbia. Mm-hmm. Terrible school. That's who would go there. <laughs> Not what fucking moron would spend money to go there. Not the country, but I bet Clay goes severely into debt in order to go to Columbia. Uh, any other uh, futures of these characters uh, that uh, stuck out to you guys? Nana Rose, all we say is she's reincarnated multiple times. <laughs> yep. But also, because at this point it's modern day, so 2023, this is the 50s, so not that many. So she is reincarnated and dies as a child numerous times based on the loose stuff Jughead says. Yeah. That's hot. Um, Kevin, I guess the end. Go ahead. Sorry, Kaylin, go. Oh, I was just gonna go back to Kevin and Clay. Go back to Kevin and Clay because they they got the they got the good ending. I thought that because like 
they're a gay couple. This is the, t- the times. I was like, they're obviously going to die from AIDS. This show hates fucking Kevin anyways. And then they gave him the sweetest fucking ending. One of them dies on a park bench feeding pigeons and the other one dies in his sleep. It's like, this is adorable. And they're happy, happily together until they're like in their 80s. Yeah, I love that. But it was feeding pigeons AIDS. Uh, <laughs> they got the happy ending. But then Kevin's dad and Archie's uncle, who were also yeah. a gay couple, they got serial killer murdered. Yeah. Somebody has to, right? Yeah. Somebody has to. Um, the maybe this whole season was about this, but Betty's remembrance that they were a quad, yeah. the yeah. whole year. That was a good moment, and she like her her wicked little horny smile of like, oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> bow bow. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say that the shot of this episode, maybe of the series, is who's filling her in on this. Oh, Kevin is like, uh, Kevin. hey, Betty, yeah. I'm sure that you already remember this, but just to refresh your memory, you're part of a quad. And then she's like, I am. And then looks over to the three of them and they're all waving at her yeah. in this very sexual, hello, we're part of a quad sort of way. I didn't know if uh, there was a way to wave if you're part of a quad, right. but I have now seen it. Now you know, and we're going to do it in every bar we go to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I feel like a addendum to that specific scene is Reggie finding out and oh being my God. so mad he was mm-hmm. not the fifth. His look, every I've been watching this uh, this show every week, and every time I do a line reading, it's always Archie. But the line reading of this week was absolutely Reggie when he finds out, and he's just like, wait. Are you telling me <laughs> that I could have been a part of a quad? A quint the entire like he becomes full on like cartoon character, steam coming out of his ears, <laughs> tongue drooling. Uh, Reggie is amazing in that moment. Do you know what surprised me is that they mentioned other Reggie because this was not our first yeah. Reggie yeah. first first season, and then they're like, who knows which is the real Reggie? Don't bring it up. And then <laughs> and then this fifties Reggie was like. Why I oughta? You you better not talk about him again. I don't like that, that was an Archie's roast. Yeah. Um. Overall, and this is mostly I'm, I mostly want to talk about like the last ten minutes, but like this was happening in, in overall in the episode. Uh, Riverdale was sort of speaking to its own importance, but also yeah. speaking its own importance into existence. Right. right. It was sort of. With all of the slow-mo montages and the uh, characters that it showed and all of the locations that were now desolate that it would go through. So much slow-mo, so much montage. Did that hit you guys as like, well, fuck, man, uh, this was a show? Or was it more like, ah, right, Riverdale? It it felt like they thought the wackiness of Betty's last day being 87 going back in time was covering, but like... It, I was kind of surprised what a pretty traditional series finale it was. Based on, like, Riverdale, I'd expect them to blow everybody up in minute two, and then all the characters <laughs> just flip us off for the next 49 minutes. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of with Mike, which with I thought it was, like, very normal. But at the same time, I do think they did a good job at closing it out. And, um, I mean... For the amount of episodes that I watched, I was like, "This is a good closure." I didn't think it was perfect, obviously, but it was it was like enough closure for me. Like, okay, Riverdale, that's you did it. We're done. I'm sad-ish that you're gone, but also at the same time, I wasn't, you know, I'm bored all the time. I would say that I'm sad-ish, and not to coin a new phrase that all the kids are going to start using, but was the quad the wad? Was the reveal of the quad like was that the big like? Oh, Riverdale, you're so crazy. I feel we, like it was supposed to. 
I don't feel like I was that surprised because of it, but that's because Riverdale's wild and throws You're bears right. in situations. I think what, what how they bitched out is one, none of them fucked the bear, but mm-hmm. is she was like, sometimes it was me and Jug, sometimes it was me and Archie, sometimes Veronica, but, and she's like, and sometimes more often than you'd think. It would be me and Veronica. But if they were truly brave... That, this is how like, they bitched out, Mike. This is you how know they what I out. loved yeah. watching is Jughead rail the shit out of Archie. Yes. How, and that's also what I was missing. How has this show gotten to this point and then pulls back when it's time to use the phrase, and sometimes Jughead would fuck Archie? Mm-hmm. Jughead and Archie make so much more sense as a couple than Jughead and Veronica. It's mm-hmm. bananas. I, the least believable thing the show has ever done is... Jughead and Veronica being romantically linked. See, when I watch mm-hmm. these shows, all couples make sense to me because everyone is hot. Like, to me, mm. watching these shows like this, the OC or 90210 or whatever, it's like Olympic Village. Like, of course, right. everyone is fucking. Like, they're hot. I get, I could see them fuck once, but their personalities just never jive. They, mm-hmm. they should have always kind of been frenemies. Sure, but who do you want to fuck more than your frenemy? Literally nobody. But once, then you're done. <laughs> I guess that's Ryan, true. what are you doing later? <laughs> I wish that I was m- your actual friend of me. Um, yeah, you do. Let's get to this Titanic ending. Uh, so Betty's granddaughter drives her to Riverdale. She says, oh, hello. Or she says, goodbye, sign for the last time. Which, <laughs> which was weird because they were driving into Riverdale. So it would yeah, be like, hello, sign. But she said, side. goodbye, sign. And then they pull into the Pops parking lot. The whole thing is like an apocalypse, right? Like it's post-apocalyptic Riverdale. Yeah. Everybody moved out of Riverdale. And uh, the granddaughter turns around. She's like, Grandma, we're here. Grandma, 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 Grandma. And then her husband is like, hey, she's dead. Her faceless (laughs) husband, who we have never seen, is like, "Um, I don't think she's sleeping. And what I expected was the back seat door to open, her to fall out, and then the car to drive away. (laughs) Uh, but no, she wanted to go to Riverdale so she could die in Riverdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, B. Coops gets out of the car, and it is the 1950s. Young again. again. Young again. She's in the 1950s. She's got that ponytail that none of us are attracted to. And she goes into Pops, and everybody else who has died, because Betty is the last of them to die, they're there ready to hug her. Uh, was so- this too Titanic for everyone? No, at this point, they've ripped off so many other things. Fuck yeah. Let's do Titanic one last time. I guess I'm upset they didn't name Pops the Lilanic. <laughs> like, that that was a little less, that, that they weren't on a, a fake big giant boat. That think- was fine. Did Pop actually die? Did the actor die? Because she was like, I need to actually say it. And then we just like sat at his grave for a second. I think he did die. Okay. That's all I was thinking, too, is like, did he die in real life? But then she didn't go to, like, Fred Andrews, like, to Archie's dad's grave or anything like that. And he actually died. So I was like, maybe he didn't die in real life. I guess we got mentioned of him enough, Fred. Mm. Yeah. Um, One thing I was really sad about, which I was like, Riverdale, this is your last moment to do something wild, is Betty is dead in the back of her granddaughter's car. And we don't get any closure on how that all like shakes up. Like, <laughs> like, I feel like there could be something like she could. I don't know. I know she's adopted, but like could have that serial killer gene. Maybe it's like in proximity and maybe she has to go bury her grandma in the <laughs> middle of the forest. I don't know. Make it wild, Riverdale. This is your last chance. She drops her in Sweetwater Creek. And yeah. Bye, like, yeah. <laughs> <I>, Grandma. <laughs> I would go straight to a used car lot, and I'd be like, $30, no questions asked. Take this car. <laughs> I said no questions asked. 
It well, do you know what I appreciated is because uh, for a long time it felt like we were on this boat, and I don't know if anybody else was. Uh, the way it ended, it's so clear that in this ensemble, Betty has been the main character the whole time. Mm-hmm. He's still alive. It was like, yeah. Okay. Oh, Pop is Pop is still alive. Yes. You know what it reminded me of, Mike, is The Office, where towards the end it it came to the conclusion that we had al- already like all gotten to, which was Pam was the main character, right? And it. You know, it finally told us that they realized that Betty is the main character. Yes. For her to be the last one to die, and it's her and future Jughead, like present Jughead, which we haven't seen forever. Like, okay, we get to see Cole Sprouse in a couple outfits this episode. That she was the main character, and they were always the couple that we cared the most about. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Like, we're not going to rank couples. That would have been a great segment, and I wish you had brought that up earlier. But is that <laughs> is that the true blue couple of the show? I don't think for us, probably, but I bet for most people, yes. I don't know. For me, it's Grundy and RG. Yeah. Season one, baby. <laughs> Harkens back to Dawson's Creek style stuff where the wildest thing going on is Archie's fucking a teacher. Guys, we have to stop talking about Riverdale so we can keep talking about Riverdale. Um, just from the season finale, Mike, it, do you have a moment of the week? My moment of the week. You know what actually I, th- I thought was... More poignant than I thought Riverdale could do, and more poignant than I thought Cole Sprouse, who, even though he narrated the whole show, was the worst actor of the show, could do, is uh, his summation of what life is. His line, that's life, Betty. You say hello. You walk alongside somebody for a while. You say goodbye. Uh, that's the like, corniest right, shit. Are you serious? I know. And, but I thought it's so much better and so much less wordy than his shit normally is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was struck by that. He's the only actor who... When he's asked to play Jughead, he'd be like, oh, man, I've never played a character so much smarter than me. <laughs> Caitlin, what's the moment of this episode? Uh, definitely it's got to be Archie. Everyone's sighing because Archie's like, oh, yeah, I'm a poet, poet laureate or whatever he is. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, of course you are. You have to bring it up again. And then he goes out and fucking slams these fucking poems in these guys' faces and roasts <laughs> the shit out of them. Love that moment. Uh, mine also has to do with poetic Archie. Uh, I love this guy because um, any for, for this entire season, anything he's asked to do, he's like, no, but like I can make that the most poetic thing. So like, Archie, you're gonna go across the country and you're just gonna like tar streets. And he's like, yeah, because that's how <laughs> I'm gonna connect <laughs> one city to another and be in there. and like. Any like his mom could have been like uh, Archie, you're going to uh, suck toilet clogs from straws, and that's how you're going to unclog toilets. You're like, yeah, that's the shit of America, mom, and I'm going to taste <laughs> it, and I'm going to know what America's built from. Guys, Can, Riverdale. Uh, is- I, I have one more that that made me guffaw, and not in the way I think the the show wanted me to. Is Archie is clearly reading <laughs> a thing with a flow. And Kevin interrupts to go, now do me. Yeah. Do me yeah. next. And Archie's <laughs> like, duh. That's, this is, I have a flow. I'm going to get to you, you impatient bitch. No, I would have. I, I imagined Mike in that moment being like, are you seriously doing this? I have the stage. You do not have the stage, you heckler. Um, also, um, Archie, when they talk about what he like does in the future, he becomes a professional construction worker. That's what his dad did. does that mean? That's what his dad did. A professional, yeah, but professional like, construction worker just means construction worker. Yeah, yeah. just construction it, worker. Like, so she could get a dig in and say amateur poet. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know who that reminds me of? Oh, one Ryan Atwood. 
Professional architect. Professional architect. Amateur Bach fighter. That was Riverdale. It's over, guys. Uh, you can watch it on the CW Seed, maybe, in like five years when the CWC gets it. Uh, we're going to take a break and uh, talk about Riverdale the entire series. But before we do that, Caitlin, you keep texting me about this website, bro. What is up with these texts? Um, yeah, I, I just really want to get you and everyone on it. It's um, my oh, crystal Oh, you want ball. investors. Yeah, I, I do want to get everyone on it. And it's, um, um, it's a crystal ball. Um, on a website, <laughs> and how you get the crystal ball to work is you put money in there. Um, and so I need lots of investors. And once enough people give me money, I will like have the crystal ball reveal what the actual like website is for. Wait, is this the okay. fire festival too? <laughs> it's it's a fire website. There's a crystal ball. Yeah, you can put money. You don't get your fortune then you don't see anything just it's kickstarter style if enough people give money then you'll say here's what the website you've been giving money to is the whole time exactly but but mike but mike i'm not going to tell you how much i need so you better give me enough and if you don't the crystal ball it's not going to reveal itself to you sorry but is the future that it depicts is it real yeah once once you give enough money i didn't know it was real like this yeah we should put in a lot of I hate of money. that this is working. <laughs> yeah. I have a savings. Uh-huh. It's going to be gone. Yeah. I think it's time to take out a loan on top of that savings, Mike. Done. Uh, I have very good credit. I'm ready to ruin it. I don't know what mortgage means, but should I do it? I think You should so. refinance that mortgage. Oh, I should refinance. second mortgage. All right. Uh, Caitlin, what's the website again? Uh, it's called, it's called uh, fundmyfire.com. How do we spell fire? F-Y-R-E. Yeah. Brian, Brian, you <laughs> called it. I don't want to give money to this anymore. No, I want to give more now. I want to be part of it. I want to be in on the ground floor. Uh, Caitlin, if you need any help uh, creating this totally legit, awesome mm-hmm. thing that the world needs and humanity yes. wants, may I suggest Cybersprout, your partner for the digital world. They have goal-driven design. If you're looking to create a visually compelling website while also getting results, Cybersprout is your answer. Their design experts are well-versed in digital strategy and elegant design and will combine the two effectively working hand-in-hand with you. They put a focus on collaboration and goal-driven design to help your website reach the right customers. That is cybersprout.net. This is, I'm so sorry again, uh, ballsonfire.com. Is that what it is? .org. .org. Ballsonfire.org. Look for that website in the future. And guys, hey, What's a second mortgage if you already have a first? Just do it and get Caitlin the money. Do it. When we come back, all of Riverdale in 10 minutes. I said in the uh, the keynote, is, is that too lofty to call what I said a keynote? No, you gave the keynote speech up top. Uh, that Riverdale is the most important show to this podcast. Is that? Do you guys think that's true? I had not been introduced yet. Uh, so I kept my mouth shut. I sat my white ass down and listened. I appreciate that. <laughs> I um remember you said it, and then it immediately left my brain until right now. There, I there are three without thinking, without like trying and looking at all the shows. There are three off the top of my head that are higher. Four now that I'm thinking about it. Five. Uh, <laughs> October faction. I, I would love yes, October faction. <laughs> that's so important because it's the most forgotten show that's ever been done. 
Uh, but I would love to hear your reasoning why it's not Legends of Tomorrow, Arrow, Watchmen, Winona Earp. Go. Uh, th- those are all good picks. I just think that like for a long time, and this is uh, host dependent. For a long time during Riverdale's heyday, uh, it was our host's favorite show. That's true. Different host Rest than what peace. we have not right now. Yeah, he died. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> he dressed in uh, American flags and rocketed himself into the moon, and that was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, R.I.P. Taylor. But I think that was a large part of it. Um, but there was it gave us. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Like it's hard to do a podcast every week and talk about these shows, and you but, really rely on getting stuff. And there are shows like Arrow, which could get a little samey every week. Back in the day, Riverdale was the sweet bliss difference. It was not superheroes and it was not zombies. Thank God we have anything else to talk about. And if you watched it, you got stuck about it. But if you didn't watch it, you got to like. Even better. Yeah. You got to like put your uh, head on your hands and your elbows on the table and just fucking listen to what the fuck. I, I will say, watching the series finale, because I've been out for years at this point, uh, for the week to be week, but watching the series finale, I was like, fuck, should I just yeah, start from I? the beginning <laughs> watch it all? And then I went, no, the best version of the show is having somebody tell you what's happening. Although I will, yeah. I will say, Mikey, you are one COVID-19 away from... Doing it all, baby. Let's just go Probably. through it again. I just can't wait till I get COVID again. Now, Caitlin, you came in after Riverdale's heyday. I I think I was well. I I think I guessed it enough at the very beginning uh, that I I watched a majority of like season one, I think, and season two of Riverdale, and even I think some of season three. So I think I watched a majority of it. And man, when it was good, it was good. But when it was bad. It was I stopped better. watching. Oh, you just turned <laughs> the cha- changed the channel. Yeah. I stopped watching, but again, just like Mike said, just like you said, it's almost more fun to hear what happens. Uh-huh. I th- honestly think the last episode I watched was Archie fights a bear, um, wow. and then I was like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and um, and I think that was like the last episode I watched, aside from like what we watched for like the main event but like not to give too much away about the segment we're about to do but if any character in any show fights a bear after that episode change the channel it's never getting better if if uh what's his name from king of queens kevin james if kevin james and king of queens fights a bear that's gonna be the best episode of king of queens that would uh, if so, cousin fights the bear in the bear that's gonna be the (laughs) best episode of the bear Uh, i think he's gonna win dude Oh, cousin would rule over the bear. Uh, we are going cousin to cousin would ride the bear. If you uh, listen to our other show, Movie of the Year, then you know what we do every once in a while. Uh, we do a mixtape for every season that we do. We're going to do something like that, which is uh, collectively build a list. Uh, I don't know how many moments we're going to get to, but we're going to do the X craziest moments of Riverdale. Caitlin, I'm going to start with Thank you. Thank God. I'm sorry. I thought you were going to do mixtape of Archie's original songs of Riverdale. <laughs> and I was going to quit. Not just this episode. This show. That's weird, though, because you just pulled out a guitar while you said that. You were about to put a guitar to his limericks from the last episode. I was going to sing them all and then quit. Because that would be my fighting the bear. So, Caitlin, uh, let's, say, let's say top six, maybe. What do you think should be in the top six? And just so we know, the rules, um, Mike... When he goes next, he could put it above or below, or we can sort of move this around together. Yeah. So I think I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the one that I think is gonna be number one for all of us, and we'll see if it sticks. But um, I think it is just Archie 
fighting a bear. So you don't know how suspense works. You don't know how podcast segments work. You don't know how nope. like building uh, crescendo a list works. Okay, Archie mm. fights a bear. Archie fights a bear. Um, I don't know anything that could top this, but again, there could be something else that I missed. Um, but the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> What's like, this show, Pete? <laughs> Episode 309, off the top of my head. Just my memory's very good. Uh, Archie fought a goddamn bear in a fever. And, and didn't he have PTSD at this moment, too? Or was that after? But he also was in a war, but that war was fought on the yeah. football field. and so That yes. war was much later, I think. Okay, okay, okay. But also, he woke up with... Gi- he died in the bear fight, but then woke up with giant scars. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't... show. This is this is number one, Mike. I guess yeah. we're, we're building from up to down. Yeah. Like, uh, all right. So, Mike, why don't you give us your number two? Uh, my number two is even earlier. And it, this is the moment that I remember being like, oh, this is not Dawson's Creek starring Archie Comics characters. Is uh, I think it was like the third or fourth episode. Betty and Veronica start boiling a football player in a jacuzzi. Dark and Betty's Betty. like, it's not hard enough. I need this weird little black bob, and now I'm dark Betty. And that's when, they didn't mention it for seasons, but that's when the serial killer gene was born, and we all know it. You mentioned a different moment. <laughs> I'm sorry. The fact that Betty has the serial killer gene. So did Archie in his poetic roast. Uh, but yeah, dark Betty. Also, Betty, bro, you said, I'm going to put this wig on. Do you know who you look like when you put that wig on? It's your best friend, Veronica. (laughs) This is how you know I'm evil. (laughs) Veronica's like, what? (laughs) Dark Betty's a good one. I think that I'm going to go in between these two. Okay. I don't know if that's cool. But um, at Jughead's dad's, Skeet Ulrich, who also murdered, (laughs) uh, also (laughs) attempted to murder Sydney. um, (laughs) Uh, it's his birthday party at the motorcycle gang that he is in charge of. Mm-hmm. And yep. his 16-year-old son's girlfriend gets on stage and does a strip tease. And this, uh, this is not even Dark Betty. This is Blonde Betty. This is yep. the only way she can hang out with the serpents. And it's because an old-ass serpent girl... And Tony's like, do not do this. You're at your <laughs> ma- sort of father-in-law. You're a child... At an adult biker club, don't do a striptease. And she instead sings Mad World by Tears for Fears and strips. Yep. Yep. The serpent dance? The serpent dance, which uh, involves uh, uh, high school lingerie. So thank you, Betty. Uh, Thank you, Betty, for showing up twice. Uh, If you were a bear, you could have shown up three times so far. You could have been three for three. Caitlin, where are we going? Uh, I think I'm going to go... I don't know if this is above or equal to Serpent Dance. I'm going to go above. It's going to be Cheryl hangs out with her dead brother um, in season four. Weekend at Sherney's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because, you know, when your twin brother dies, you just keep him around, let him rot, and hang out with him every once in a while. And that's normal, right? Look, I'm going to say that me and Mike might have a thing for Betty with our picks. So I'm going to put that as number two. Because okay. that's so much more fucked up than yeah. Betty's things. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, I think anything with Cheryl like gets me. Cheryl's like my... She just does wild shit. I mean, she's a fucking witch. Uh, more than anybody point. else, she got Madeline, craziest last name in the world, got what the song is... Got, got Rotterall? Marlboro. Got what the show is quicker than anybody else. Everybody mm-hmm. had to step their game up because of what she was doing. Pray tell, why do you say that, Mike? 
<laughs> Why do I say that? Is the way she delivered the crazy lines uh, that she was delivered. Everybody started suddenly saying things and very distinctive. You know how screwball comedies back in the day, they didn't talk how normal people talked. Cheryl showed them, we're already not based in reality. None of us should act like real people. And then suddenly everybody else was like, us too. But in screwball comedies, they all talk like that. Right. And then we saw, I think Veronica came the closest, and it's also how they were written, but nobody touched Madeline in the delivery, and, and no, I am Riverdale. She is Queens Boulevard. <laughs> Ultimately, she's Queens Boulevard. Mike, we have uh, Archie Fight to Bear, Weekend at Shirney's, Betty Strip Club, Dark Betty. Where are we going? There, I... So, one of the key things Riverdale would do is be like, hey, there was this teen heartthrob. Now they're an adult. And they did it with Molly Ringwald. They did it with Ski Ulrich. They did it with Luke Perry. An oft-forgotten era of teen heartthrobs is like the early aughts. But God damn it, did Chad Michael Murray get that call as Edgar Evernever, the leader of a cult that sucked in Alice and Polly Cooper. And the end to his big cult is, I'm going to dress... Like one pop filter host, Taylor, in a Stars and Stripes jumpsuit and launch a rocket into the moon and ride that rocket. What? I. It's been a while since I've seen this episode, but in my head, everybody's like, we have to stop him. And then they see his plan and they're like, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Let's <laughs> Let just, him cook. Let's just let's, let this play out. Uh, Why? Why is that your plan? But also, Chad Michael Murray, he hadn't acted in so long. Good for him. Is that One Tree Hill? If he's One Tree Hill. He was a he was pretty good in uh, other Rest in Peace superhero show show, uh, Agent Carter. But I think those are his only credits. Well, I understand One Tree Hill if I haven't seen Zero Tree Hill or Negative One Tree Hill. You won't. <laughs> I won't. Okay. Uh, where do you want to place that? Uh, that I think right now is that we've mentioned so many crazy shit. That is the bottom. Whatever the bottom is right now. It's crazy, but not as crazy as anything else we've said. <laughs> Edgar Knievel is number. Five. All right. Um, the way that we got into the situation that we got into with being in the 1950s was because Cheryl was like, oh, there's a comet coming towards Riverdale. What should I do? I should hold up my hands and we'll see what happens. Because <laughs> she's a witch. Pray tell. And so she pray tell them all the way to the 1950s. I'm going to put this right in between Dark Betty and Edgar Knievel. And I can't believe that this is only number five on this list. <laughs> Uh, Cheryl, which is the uh, Cheryl fights a comet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that was the name of that episode. <laughs> Caitlin, you got anything else? Uh, I do. I mean, there's an episode where, I mean, a baby gets sacrificed. Um, one one starts levitating and one gets sacrificed into a fire because Polly's twins just have to. That just happens to has to happen. And they were doing some sort of ritual. Honestly, couldn't remember, but like a baby was thrown in a flames in a fire. <laughs> and no one really flinched. <laughs> I mean, if you're pro-choice, this should come as no surprise. Basically, what you're doing is throwing fetuses into the fire all day, every day. So, <laughs> But no, I do remember that. Uh, so I'm going to say Polly's sacrificial baby. Where are we going? Uh, okay, sacrificing Polly's baby. I think. Okay, what was number five again? Right now, number five that right now is Cheryl fights a comet. Number six is Edgar Knievel. Okay, I think it's going to be after number five, so it's going to be number six. Mike, uh, 
this is still not that wild comparatively early moment, but it was like, okay, so Hal Cooper, and I don't know if we knew that at this point, Hal Cooper is the Black Mask, the serial killer. So Archie says, do you know what I'm going to do? Is I'm going to make my own Red Masked Isis to fight <laughs> Hal Cooper. And I'm going to, all my friends will be shirtless but wear their red masks, but I will be unmasked and wearing a shirt and tell him we're coming for him now because we're the red circle and we're protecting this town. I want you guys to fucking I think forgot about, about that one. We don't know if this is crazy or not because it's on Riverdale and we don't know if what Mike is saying is batshit insane or like, yeah. No, no that's that, pretty That's what happens calm. in Riverdale. What are you talking yeah. about? They created like a whole video and everything, yeah. like a scare video. God, it was so good. This is also the time where Archie would see wolf-headed and bear-headed mm-hmm. people in audiences. Yeah. No, this is a good. T- this is a good time. <laughs> Where's the red circle, Mike? Uh, I think the red circle is be- be- because how far they went before this. I'll put red circle right above Cheryl fights a comet. Because <laughs> there's certain things that happen later that you're like, that's crazy, but I expected it. Because yeah. look at Riverdale. Oh man. Uh, okay, so uh, I have so many things like this. This is going to be our last one, and then I'll read through the list. There's so many things that like I could say, and we'll do honorable mentions afterwards. But oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, the gang got superpowers. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're on a comic. Yeah. We're on a comic book show on a comic book podcast. Is that a big deal or not? I don't really know. <laughs> I'm gonna pick the guy, the time where. Um, Jughead was like, I think the 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 problem is you, teacher. And he was like, what? And then ran out a window. Oh, Just shit. That was crazy. rented through a window as fast as he could. Uh, and I'm going to put that under Edgar Knievel for number nine. Um, teacher jumps through window. That's the clever title <laughs> I've given. <laughs> All right. So our top nine craziest Riverdale moments. Number nine is teacher jumps through window. Number eight is Edgar Knievel. Number seven is uh, Polly throws a baby in a fire. <laughs> Number six is uh, Cheryl punches a comet. Number five is the Red Circle in general. Everything having to do with the Red Circle. <laughs> what the fuck? Number four is Dark Betty. Uh, let me put this Veronica wig on before I kill a football player. Number three is Betty at the Strip Club. Number two is Weekend at Shirney's. Uh, I just hang out with my rotting brother. And number one is, of course, Archie fights a bear. <laughs> Woo! All right. What else do we have, ladies and gentlemen? I got a couple HMs. Uh, one is a plot line so crazy that what we do in the shadows lifted it and put it as put. This is funny, isn't it? Is uh, Cheryl has an evil doll Cheryl who is now floating around the house that she talks to sometimes who is some ancestor. Uh, but we're just, there's a porcelain doll who's a character on this fucking teen soap opera now. Uh, Chick is Betty Cooper's long lost brother. Yeah. And he's a serial killer. But oh, no, wait. The chick you met first for a season and a half is not Chick. Later, he was the fake Chick who was in prison with the other Chick who's actually Chick. What? Nah. Fuck you, show. <laughs> Kayla, those are it for me. For Kayla, now. what do you got? Uh, my, I just have two. Uh, one is just, I remember the introduction of Jingle Jangle, the the fucking drug and, and just the fact that this show had a drug called Jingle Jangle, fantastic and everything about it. Great. Um, I think that was the moment where I was like, okay, this show is a little, it's not normal. Um, and then there is, I mean, from the season finale, we just saw the fact that they're Betty, Veronica, Archie and Jughead were all in a quad the whole time. 
Which is a little bit of rewriting history, but that's fine. Uh, I've got... Let me see here. I've got uh, the time where Reggie and Archie were so horny being in the same room with each other that they went and fucked a hooker all night long looking into each other's eyes. Uh, The time where Kevin was so desperate to just be loved that he joined a tickle... The Tickle Fight Club. A porn tickle pyramid. Um, and then this was also the season. Uh, it turns out that the Blossoms were um, working for the Russians trying to build the bomb, and it all ran through the maple syrup industry. Guys, what a show. Do you, do you know what another good one is? the What was it? Gargoyles and Goliaths? The, their D&D, there's the episode where they all played their parents 30 years before, and their parents all looked exactly like them, who also got stuck in this D&D crazy... The 80s, everybody thought D&D was satanic, and Riverdale went, but what if it was? <laughs> How brave. It was it Goblins and Gargoyles? Goblins and I Gargoyles. G&G. It was G&G for sure. Um, I don't know what else to say. Like, uh, We will miss you. Uh, rest in peace. You incredible show. Like, uh, Top three TV shows of all time, we'll say? Probably. Yeah. All right, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, the rest of the shows. Now it's time for the poll list, where we go over every other show that came out this week, starting with Heartstopper. On episode six and seven of Heartstopper, the parish trip has a romantic and eventful end. Isaac kisses the boy he likes, Charlie meets Nick's dad for two seconds, and Tara has a 16th birthday party where Nick comes out to a room full of classmates. When they return from Paris, it's time to plan for prom. With everyone coupled up, Isaac feels like the odd man out, especially since he didn't feel anything for the guy he kissed in Paris. Nick's dad comes to visit and thanks and thanks to his dipshit brother, forces Nick to come out to his dad. Oh, and Tao and L are now a couple. Taste buds, I ask you this. With everything so sappy and perfect right now, next week has got to destroy it all, right? Yeah, I mean, this week did a good job of destroying some stuff. Like we said, we knew this French fuck dad was going to be a yeah. piece of shit <laughs> anyways. Uh, the brother, of course, played his role. And I was wondering, because Mike has brought up before, uh, how two-dimensional the sister is. Is she as two-dimensional as the brother is evilly two-dimensional? And do they make a good pairing as the sister being like, fuck you, you piece of evil shit? I think she works more than he does. He's definitely more 2D than her, especially since we've spent more time with her. We've learned a lot, and she's just a protective sister. Um, Yeah, she doesn't have much depth, though, either. This was finally Um, the time, though, where the mom was like, hey, older brother, you're a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think she laid into him hard enough, but I do. This episode did. No, but the dad like, did. Really? Oh, yes. oh yeah. The, the dad was like, yeah, you never lived up to my your potential anyways. I mean, oh, he continues being a shitty dad, but like yeah. the older brother comes downstairs and he's like, sorry about your gay son, dad. And the dad is has already proved to Nick that he's a bad dad. And he's like, hey, you know what? Might as well be a bad dad to you. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> it's great. I think one thing this uh, this does where it's like this is too perfect kind of thing, this this whole thing is Nick has a moment with his dad where he basically tells him, like, you are a shitty father. Like, you should be here. I don't I shouldn't have to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this kind of thing. Like, just lays it all out there and says, like, what any kid with daddy issues would want to say. And I'm like, wow, that's perfect. And um, 
I'm just so happy for him, but also like so like this is too perfect. This is like soap opera. It is, but like it works. Like the effect is there. Oh, yeah. Um I do have to talk to you about something, Caitlin. Uh Darcy yep. is going home and there are green animated clouds around her house. And yep. the first thought was like, Oh fuck, did we judge Darcy too hard? I've said some bad things about Darcy's character, and yep. then of course she lives in an abused household and all of her Terrible decisions are about to come and make sense. And did we judge her too harshly? I think, number one, yeah, these are all young kids. We judged her too harshly. But at the same time, uh, she was just trying to find herself. Uh, But yeah, no, I think next episode we're going to get real fucked up Darcy shit um, because it kind of just like hints at it here. And we watched all of her friends pool together to buy her a suit for prom, which was adorable um so so adorable and then we watch her mom completely like destroy her about the suit and that saying that she's not going to wear it and then kick her out of the house because of this and it's just it's devastating and i'm like this is probably going to continue till next week and it's borderline peanuts adult like it's almost like when Darcy's in the room, it almost like gets foggy and unclear, and it's like wah 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 wah. Like to- we don't get the clear dialogue of what right. is actually happening, but you can see what's happening. And I gotta say, man, like something about what makes my room dusty when I'm watching TV. Um, it's not Darcy's abusive mom, and if somebody were to die, it's not that. But when all of the friends start pooling the money together to so Darcy can buy her suit, whoo! That's what. That's what gets the uh, dust in the room flowing. That one definitely got me. I was like, oh, oh, my God. All these kids, they care about their friend. I was like, oh, she got a suit. Okay. It's perfect. I think that the major thing from these two episodes, I think the major moment that I really want to talk to you about that I have some questions about is that Ben is really harping on Charlie. And he wants to apologize. And it's because he's moving. And finally, he like Charlie won't answer the text, and so Ben confronts him, and Nick is there, and Nick has a little a little bit in him of like, what the fuck did you say? Like, I'm gonna fucking fuck you up. Um, and Ben goes through and does a really heartfelt apology, and Charlie says, "I'm not fucking here to make you feel better. Like, what you did was fucked up, and I am not here like just to like be your victim and then like uh, sign off on this." Snaps, Charlie. And Nick says, let's get out of here. And Ben says, like, this is probably going to be the last time you see me. I'm moving away. But my question is, then the animation kicks in. And on, so uh, Nick and Charlie go this way. And a rainbow comes on the sidewalk right up to Ben's feet. And Ben could step on it. But he goes the other way. And I'm, I'm struggling with what this means. Like, did could Ben have kept going forward, but he chose to go backwards, or did Nick and Charlie not offer him enough of a rainbow to get onto, or what did this animation mean to you? So that this one was like, it got me too. I like didn't really fully understand it. What I think it might mean is that there was a point where Ben had an opportunity to like go and try to make things better and like chase after him or like try to be better. And him not going on that rainbow is him like basically saying, no, I will not accept this part of me. I'm always going to shut that part off and I will just stay unhappy and I'm going to go the opposite way and not like not choose happiness right now, at least. I, uh, my first thought was like, oh, 
Nick and Charlie are not extending the rainbow to mm-hmm. like to coin a phrase far enough to accept Ben. But then I started thinking that Ben is almost to the rainbow, but he's choosing to go the other way. And what I think that means is that like he's probably going to marry some woman mm-hmm. and make her life miserable and his life miserable and children's lives miserable. And that's probably what's going to end up happening. That's what I saw too. Yikers. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Which, I mean, just watching that, I thought everything that Charlie said, I thought it was all very valid in what someone should say in that situation. I don't feel like a high schooler would ever no. say like <laughs> that, anything that like That's not perfect. how these kids talk. Yeah, but Yeah. But uh at the same time, did you think it was too harsh what Charlie said? I I don't think it was too harsh. I think that I would have buckled under Ben's oh, yeah. apology. Like I don't think I would have had the strength to still be like no, actually, you know what, dude? Fuck you. I think that I would have been like, oh, okay, I, I accept you. Uh, but, you know, I'm so proud of Charlie. And I'm proud of Nick for not being like, still, fuck you, bitch, and then fighting yeah. him, you know? Because Nick yeah. always has that little bit of an edge. Uh, I think the one part from that is when, at the very beginning, uh, or after he does all of his apologies, um, Nick's, or Charlie says to Ben, do you remember when we first kissed? And he's like, and I didn't consent to that. I didn't want that. Mm. But I liked you so much that I let it all happen. And it was just, that was like, oh, because, I mean, Ben's, Ben's had a really good sorry. But at the same time, it wasn't enough. Oh, that in any other TV show, for better or worse, Ben's sorry would have absolutely worked. And I think that the actor who plays Ben did an incredible job of saying mm-hmm. that sorry, very heartfelt, and then saying, then being like, so we're all okay. And then watching his eyes as then Charlie had his retort watching yep. Ben's eyes. Uh, it was, Oof. it was heartbreaking. Again, I'm not, I'm not taking Ben's side. I'm just saying shit's tough. Shit's tough mm-hmm. when you uh, force yourself on people, I guess. Yep. Yep. Uh, moment of the week. Uh, moment of the week. Um, I mean, both of them really good, uh, really good retorts, but I'm going to have to go for, well, obviously, and then, you know, them getting pitching in for the suit. Uh, oh, no, my moment of the week is when. <laughs> She's no, too I many. Just, I just, yeah, they, it should, the, these two episodes, there's just so much that went on in them. Uh, there's a moment when Charlie and Nick are going over to Nick's family's house and they're having dinner with dad. They're having a dinner party. Both their families are coming together. And um, Charlie's like, so do I have to act straight? Like, am I, your, am I just going to be your friend or like, are we are you coming out to your dad? And he's like, oh, we're going to be friends. He's like, okay, pal, mate, bro. (laughs) And the way that he says all of it in like a deep, like bro voice, it was beautiful. And I loved it. Charlie does the classic gay guy strike. I'm like, well, I guess I like football then, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Rugby. Am I right? (laughs) Top Gun is my favorite movie. I laughed out loud. Uh, my moment of the week is at the party in France. Um, Charlie and Nick are on the balcony and they're drinking. They're, they have a cup that's like one eighth full of purple stuff. And then somebody comes out and fills it with vodka to the top. And these two 16 year olds drink out of that cup. And those bitches would be fucking destroyed. And they're like, oh, hmm, that's a little Bernie. No, no, absolutely not. You guys will be destroyed. But also, uh, Darcy is gets the drunkest. And I love the way that they filmed this. Oh. Which is they uh, had Darcy here, and then they put somebody else on the foreground of the bed, and then put the puke already on the bed. And then Darcy threw up, and they just had the person leave the bed, and then reveal the puke. 
instead of having Darcy have a hose in her sleeve <laughs> and shoot puke <laughs> everywhere. This is a much more Heartstopper way to film that. So good job, mm-hmm. Heartstopper. Heartstopper uh, is on Netflix. We will be doing the season finale next week. Our next show is Harley Quinn. On this week's episode of Harley Quinn, Harley is fed up with Ivy's that Ivy's been ignoring her, so she interrupts a heist, leading to the two of them falling into time sphere and seeing a post-apocalyptic Gotham 25 years in the future. Robin is a tyrannical shut-in and one of King Shark's babies, a.k.a. King Baby, and Harley Ivy's daughter are part of the Resistance. Or are they? Taste buds, I ask you this. How do we feel about Harley Ivy's romantic issues being resolved on the precipice of them being frozen trophies? Do, do we think that they're... No, I, I don't think that trauma or a crisis handles romantic situations. Okay, so they feel like they did, but we know the show is smarter than that? Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't... Yeah, like, they're going to get home, and whatever was uh, root causes of problems before will pop up again. And I don't mean to okay. say root causes, like, poison ivy is one of them, and so there's roots and everything. That's not ah. what I meant, Mike. <laughs> I thought it was what you meant, and I still do. Although I do think that it would be... <laughs> it's not just the trauma of traveling through time. It's the trauma of seeing your fucking future daughter. Your I think that might... <laughs> avatar-living daughter. <laughs> she loves Avatar. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I didn't want Caitlin to be on this segment because I don't want to give her any baby naming ideas. I'm just going to go to Avatar and watch it again and again and again just to get all of my good baby names. I'm scrapping everything I currently have and just going to Avatar. What's her name? Nefertiti? Ne- it's Nariti? Some- Rudy? I haven't Something. seen the movie, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, and I never will. I don't. How am I supposed to talk to pop uh, about pop culture to you two when Caitlin has not seen this episode of Harley Quinn and Mike has not I seen have. Avatar? Oh, you have. I have. Okay. Yeah, I watched it like right before. But uh, so this show, which is uh, good at taking the piss, the the episode of the title is called "The Most Influential Film of All Time," saying who gives a fuck about Avatar because one of the dumbest characters we've met says it's one of the most influential films of all time. Uh huh. The or I'm joke? correct. I'm correct. <laughs> or, I mean, like, this is the hackiest joke that Harley Quinn's ever made. They've made hackier jokes, right? <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. It hit me. <laughs> how, how did we enjoy seeing this version of uh, future Gotham? We've seen a lot of, in all of our shows and all of our comics, we've seen a lot of futures. In uh, tubby, robot-loving Damian Wayne ruling Gotham with an iron fist. Do you know what it reminded me of is uh, the villain of the film Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers? <laughs> okay. Do you guys see that movie? Mm-hmm. This is just Peter Pan. It was Fat Peter Pan. <laughs> fat Peter Pan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Never growing up. <laughs> but also, Damian Wayne is on that fence. Uh, not just the fence of like being a good guy or a bad guy, but being thin or fat. Like You never know where he's <laughs> going to Aren't we land. all? And that's the thing. The Lazarus Pit saves you from life and death, not from thin or fatness. Like mm-hmm. He's not going to go in the Lazarus Pit until he dies of diabetes. Can I ask a dumb question? The show... And, and some of the internet has seemed to know one of the one of the resistance people is Cheryl. Who is Cheryl? And I don't remember Cheryl. Who that is. I feel like we've met her before. The way the characters reacted, and some of the yeah. internet has been like, and it's Cheryl. I'm like, ah, I've watched every episode of the show, and I don't know who that is. Is she from Archer? Same. N- I mean, there is a character named Cheryl, aka Carol, in Archer, <laughs> but I don't think it's the same character. Wait, Carol that started the dress company. Yes, this, that is the same character, actually. This is Cheryl. From that is Shade Cannon. Uh, yeah, I I gotta say that I didn't know that I expected Harley Quinn to be my grounded drama 
mm-hmm. grounded relationship drama where I look to for like insights on how people interact. But when they do this like large gimmicky episode, I was a little whatever. Like they've done other gimmicks, but they've woven enough character moments in this. They tried to. It just yeah, I, I think feeling somewhere where like the romantic stuff. I'm like, this better not be resolved. Or like I'm more interested in how Harley and Ivy fight than I am them being together. Could that be a right? Thing? Like Marissa and Ryan, the most classic of TV couples. Man, they're so bad together. <laughs> but yeah, um, we have uh, Nef- Nefertiti. What's her name again? Naridi? Naruto? A.K.A. Lady... Naruto. Princess Lady, Lady Fingers. Lady Fingers. <laughs> yes. Princess is. Lady Fingers. That's what it is. <laughs> Not a better name, Harley. Uh, I, I mean, I, what do you think that Harley and Ivy would come together on with, as far as names go? Blossom. Mama Macaroni. Mama Macaroni. Oh, named shit. after their favorite restaurant. That is pretty good. Where they've definitely M-M fucked M.M. for in. short. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's bounce. Mike, moment of the week. Uh, Dr. Psycho's back, and I really do miss Tony Hale's little big-headed freak. He has Joker on his podcast because Joker's saying, Nightwing, he killed Nightwing. Uh, Batgirl calls in, turns out Joker didn't kill Nightwing. But Dr. Psycho's saying, the only thing my fans hate more than women in power is stolen valor. One, I love a rhyme. <laughs> Two, that these fucking incels hate women in power, but they hate guys who pretend that they did something quote-unquote badass more. Uh, I love Tony Hale, man, and I want more of him in my life. Uh, I'm going to skip Caitlin and go right to me. Or skip Caitlin <laughs> for a second and go right to me. Mine is Tony Hale's back. Mine is, it literally says on my notes, Dr. Psycho is back. I don't know what Clayface <laughs> is, but... Um, Mine was that uh, he compares Joker to the worst person. And again, hacky joke, like making fun of Avatar, but uh, sorry to go Chicago there, making fun of Avatar, but uh, the worst person he can compare the Joker to is James Corden. And yeah, fuck it. Why not? (laughs) Caitlin, what's your moment of the week? It's fucking good. Uh, My moment of the week is when, let's see, it was this one. I don't know. This one, it hasn't been hitting me as hard, these Harley Quinn episodes. Um, And so. Are you calling it it Harley Quinn? hardly hardly (laughs) as good as the first two seasons uh i think it it has to be the the naming of the daughter and the fact that they're like we would never name our daughter after avatar and then finding out that she named herself that because avatar was so popular beautiful (laughs) loved it so much harley quinn is on thursdays on max our final show of the evening is my adventures with superman this week on mouse Clark gains super hearing, causing him to fight crime nonstop without sleeping. Meanwhile, Jimmy and Lois are shadowing visiting reporter Vicky Vale, who has it out for Superman. Despite most folks loving what he does for the city, Vicky finds Ivo's assistant, Alex, and uses his alien xenophobia as the backbone for her piece. When the article comes out, a sleep-deprived Clark causes some collateral damage, which turns the populace against him, and then Task Force X kicks his ass. Taste buds ask you this. How is Mao's doing at showing the media as dangerous as a modern phenomenon? Is this is this our first pointed commentary from this cartoon? Well, I, I think that it shows it as uh, far too powerful. There's not much you can do if you're a lowly, pixie-cutted uh, reporter on the go. That like this whole job that you have given so much like admiration to and like you've looked up to your entire life can be so abused to the point where like you're unstoppable if you do it, which I, I would say is pretty realistic as far as our world goes. Is Vicky Vale like a Alex Jones type? Is that <laughs> kind of? Yeah, because the story sells, right? Like 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the truth doesn't matter. What's the phrase? Print the if legend. If it bleeds, it leads. Uh, yeah, and so like, saying? and she, all she's doing is like, if I get more clicks, then I get more ticks mm-hmm. from the field, which are bad. So don't want but that. She thinks they're good. Caitlin, <laughs> uh, Caitlin in the think- field. <laughs> it's me. I'm with surrounded by ticks. Um, no, I think that that whole like the media is could be really bad. Like, like Vicky Vale is such a foil to Lois Lane um, because Lois it wants to do everything by the books. She's been an intern forever now at this point, and then she watches Vicky Vale, who is her hero, go to a biased source to write a story that was gonna get just read by more people. Um, this episode, I don't know, I it, it hit really well for me because we've seen like Lois see the dark side that Superman can become. And I think for the first time, Lois sees like how that could be a reality. Um, and like there's the darkness of the media, but also the darkness of Clark that she sees just even if he doesn't mean it. Like, Even if he, he doesn't mean people? it, he yeah. is so powerful, and like the person, the bias source that Vicky was like um, uh, interviewing, even made like a really good point. Like, how can like he- if he has a bad day, he could take out a whole city, like, and we have no control. There's, I mean, uh, I don't think that Lois is by the book, right? I think that Lois is figuring out her book, and we're trying mm-hmm. to figure out her book. It's not by the book; it's by her book. Mm-hmm. And she knows that Vicky Vale is wrong, right? So, like, right. Lois, oh, yeah. Lois will break rules. She just, as soon as she sees Vicky Vale, she's saying, I'm not breaking those rules. Like, those right. are Right, to bad. ignore 18 people for one person. It Maybe include that one person still, but to ignore all the other people is crazy. Now, there's mm-hmm. two things in this episode that I can't take anymore, as far as Superman stories go, which is, I hear all, therefore uh-huh. I can never take a break. I'm going to go insane because I hear everything, right? So that, that means I can't do as much good as I want. That's the, right. the hackiest Superman story of all time, right? But and we I don't think we've seen him be in this funny way of him not sleeping to the point his friends are like, oh, buddy. It looks like he's cracked out for a week on Red Bull. Right. Mm-hmm. No, he looks like a student on Adderall. He's Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy, <laughs> Jimmy. Jack Quaid crushed that delivery. For sure. And then the second one is, of course... Uh, in other worlds, Superman is a bad guy. Right. So those two combined, they made me a little bit nervous about this episode. But like you said, the first thing was only for the first 30 seconds ago mm-hmm. or so. The second one was just it, these are blips in to a show that I would say we're only nine, eight episodes in understands the Superman lore better than any other show that's ever been on TV. Is that crazy to say? No, it's phenomenal. Uh, not only does he understand superman getting these little character moments and getting its point because i would not have thought this is a show that's trying to make points before this episode about how you can misuse media a if vicky is a foil to lois a mirror to vicky is jimmy who is clark's friend but he's a youtuber and influencer wanting to tell clark to sleep until he sees that he has a million new followers so he goes okay buddy keep going that's because They know that's where you get those hits. So you're a bad friend and a bad journalist, Jimmy. That is my exact... (laughs) That's my first day at PopFilter. That is exactly what Mike told me on my first day here at this studio. you're a bad friend, you're a bad journalist. Prove me wrong. And you've been doing a serviceable job. What? I'll do it right now. I'll do a serviceable job right now. And we haven't even talked about the end of this episode where full-on Task Force X, all the people the government's been kidnapping beat the living fuck out of Clark. 
Oh yeah. That was just anime gold, man. Wow. How, how he was gonna die. What percentage of this episode was that? Two. Two. It was two percent. <laughs> I was gonna say like fifty one. A solid fifty one percent of this episode was punching and kicking and biting. It <laughs> they, biting. He he gets hoodwinked by the invisible kid to rescuing the rest and the rest all come out and beat the fuck out of him to the point that the general is like no 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 you can't kill him and when you say the general is this the Shaquille O'Neal let's call the general the Shaquille O'Neal's roommate slash business partner yes (laughs) this is the insurance (laughs) the tiny little animated general who's in charge of this entire world yes I always knew he was evil does he know the uh, 857 cash now people he's their mortal enemy okay and he's got the green light, too. Green light. Green light. <laughs> Classic. All right. Well, I think at that note, we're done with this, I guess. Uh, Mike, moment of the week. <laughs> it, it. What I do think is that this show is complicating so many so many evil versions of Superman or multiverse or there's red kryptonite. He is sleep deprived and causes a huge traffic accident. I don't know if we've ever seen a more nuanced version. But he's not jittery and fucked up when he does that. No. Right? You have, to, you have to connect the dots on your own as a viewer to be like, I remember him in this scene, and then three scenes later, this happens, right. and I think this led to this. And just, you, ha- you have to, no matter what your job is, probably only if you're like a doctor and saving lives, not like, I don't know, a marketer or a retailer, but rest, because you will, you will not be able to sell that shirt or write that copy that day, but you will do better the next day and not hurt as many people because you slept. Okay, sleep. Just sleep, man. Dr. Mike says sleep. Dr. Caitlin, what do you say? Uh, Dr. Caitlin loved Cracked Out uh, Clark, uh, and I thought it was hilarious. Uh, and I thought it was hilarious until it wasn't, but at the very beginning, when he first gets a super hearing, he forgets like it's his and Lois's one-week one anniversary, so he flies and gets her a bunch of flowers and fills the whole... like. Uh, mail room with flowers and it's adorable and it's cute and i was like i like this cracked out clark and then it gets bad but if, if I, that was a good part of it if i was a fucking girl and i had a boyfriend that did or a girlfriend or whatever that did grand romantic gestures i would dump them so fucking like what are you gonna do with all these fucking roses they, in my office okay bro? when they rot they do stink like yes, rotting yes. Things. there's and gonna so be so many you have bugs in much, here fuck you Right, I, but at the but when you walk into the room at first, you're like you don't think about that. That's hopefully no. I think about that. That's why Ryan and I are broken. That is yeah. what we think about. <laughs> Who's taking? I care will of this? now. Where are the bugs? Uh, you know what? I, another moment of the week is that the minute they said Vicky Vale, the nerd in me shrieked. I was just like, ooh, another name I know. In- we I were all Lois Lane in that moment. We we're like, ah, instant kegels. Instant kegels. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna forgo my moment of the week because I we didn't talk about uh, the secretary Alex guys. Oh. I don't know if I'm an idiot, but it we've met Alex once or twice, but it wasn't until now that I'm like, red, long hair. Wait, you, name until is this Alex. podcast started, you didn't know? You yes. didn't think about it? And then I was like, this is goddamn Lex Luthor's origin. I'm the Superman genius in this crew. Oh. <laughs> and Caitlin realized it right now, so at least I'm not the dumbest on the show. Oh. Wow, okay. Okay, so his name... I, I wouldn't have gotten there for a long time, guys. <laughs> his name is Alex. He has long red hair, probably about to be bald, and he says things like, uh, I fucking hate Silverman so much. <laughs> yeah, there's no way it's not Lex Luthor. It's Lex Luthor, guys. Wow. 
And that is the show. Oh, my God. Wonderful. We have a few minutes left, and we are out of time. Uh, Mike, tell us about some websites. We have a few minutes left, and we're out of time? Yeah. You should go to popfilter.co. That's where everything we put out lives. There's old-ass articles. There's other podcasts. There's all these podcasts. There's pasta recipes. And slews. There's pasta recipes. There's every website we've ever mentioned. There's links there. Uh, you can also go to popfilter.co slash Amazon. Bookmark that. That is how you shop at Amazon now. Because if you're going to do evil and use Jeff Bezos' website, help us out a little. Right now, Mike is furiously attaching crystal balls of fire to our <laughs> website so it's there good caitlin uh any other shows podcasts that you want to talk about uh i i guess there's one um because i like not only watching tv shows i like watching movies just like you guys uh so i like to listen to movie of the year where you guys talk about um different movies and different years and it's not it's not like you talk about 92 93 94 no you hopscotch around the world of years and <laughs> and right now you're on 1972 three darn it so oh close. darn i got it so close last time i got it right so 1973 and i love it it's so good it, I was definitely fan. alive during that time. If anybody's ever casting uh, for like a sexual harassment, anti-sexual harassment video from like the 80s, Caitlin is available. Her delivery, I think, is <laughs> pinpoint for that. Uh, Mike, social media. What is it? And where can I find it? And how do I get more followers? You, okay, that last one's going to be a longer conversation. But we are at your pop filter on Instagram. We are pop filter co on blue ski. Uh, let's say YouTube is part of social media. We are on YouTube at Pop Filter Co. If you'd rather, if you listen to your podcast that way, you're a freak. But we are there. All of our shows and delightful little playlists. Those are our social medias. We shut down Facebook. We've shut down X until there's a new one. Th- that, that that that's where we're at. Let's have sex. Let's have sex. Uh, hey, Caitlin, um... listeners, hit me up. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Uh, Caitlin, is that, is that grooming? Is that a power imbalance? Because they have so much more power than me, Ryan. Yes, that's absolutely it. Uh, I hope you get sued and not Pop Filter Inc. In general, uh, Caitlin, you're younger than me. Do you know what a one piece is? Mm, let me rephrase that. A one, <laughs> a one punch is now, brother. One punch. Yeah, the a- anime. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I I know there's a show on Netflix. I think they just did. Mike, do you know what it is? Guy with big hat. But why not big hand? Wouldn't he have a big hand if he's one punch? I don't know. That is true. Does the live action start next week? Do you know what I like? <laughs> uh, if I have to pick one punch, it's Hawaiian. I'll tell you that much. Mm. I, I choose fruit. You know, Mike's not a fruit punch fan. What? Yeah. Dog shit. It's Sugar, not dog red shit. Bullshit. Hawaiian punch is good. Fruit punch sucks. Uh, those are the two exact same things, my brother. They taste different. <laughs> 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 I have a more sophisticated palate. Oh my god! Before I fucking throw up everywhere. Next week, Heartstopper ends. One Punch begins, and the debut of the Spider-Man Awards for Caitlin, for Mike, I am Ryan, for Cassie. We miss you, buddy. Rest in peace. We're out. Enough said. Excelsior. Excelsior.